Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Jens Nielsen. Jens is originally from Denmark, is a direct owner uh, or GP in over 2,000 units, valued at over a quarter billion dollars and is a certified high-performance coach. Thanks for joining us, Jens. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Gary. I'm super excited to be here today. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go. So I mean, I'm uh, originally from Denmark. It's been in this country for 26 years now and retired from a long-term, long IT career about two years ago to fully immerse myself into, into real estate. I live in beautiful, sunny state of New Mexico, and but don't really. I have a few properties here, but a lot of it is is kind of in the upper Midwest. And I really focus a lot on like underwriting, capital raising, and then asset management, which is probably the topic of today's conversation. Absolutely, and I see that EOS book in the background. EOS is great. I, I'm sure it plays into your your being a high performance coach. I assume in multifamily. Yeah, the high performance coach is not necessarily specific multifamily. That's really just to help people to get clarity and energy and productivity in their lives, right? I mean, my clients are almost all into multifamily. Some are a residential agent, but you know, they kind of is in that space, right? But it's not specifically to multifamily. It can help anybody that wants to improve their lives, really. Well, awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you on the podcast and wanted to talk to you about the you know evolving market. You've got interest rates going up, you've got labor issues, you've got inflation. So we'll we'll jump into all that and 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 how you you adapt and deal with it. Obviously, the the successful people find a way to keep moving forward and see this as opportunity versus a time to just put your pencils down and and and, and out. So, you know, obviously rates have gone up, proceeds have have, have fallen. How does that affect your underwriting and what do you do to combat that? Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> I love what you started out saying that like people are putting their pencils down and waiting out, right? I mean, there's never going to be a perfect time to buy real estate. And I think as long as you stay in the game, right, you're going to, if you conservative underwriting, you're going to stay, you know, you're going you're gonna to win, right? So I think, I think, you know, as we've learned over these last few years, right, COVID hitting, interest rates going very low, but then everybody was afraid of buying during COVID. Now, you know, occupancy is high and so forth, but now there's interest rate challenges. There's always going to be some challenges. I think what we what we look at, right, I mean, we, we 
we continue to model in and try to find, actually, first of all, we're, we're moving away from any kind of floating rate that we're trying to find fixed rate, even if it's higher, because at least we know our interest rate cost is fixed, even if it's 7 or 8%, we can model it out versus a floating rate that God knows where it's going to go. So we try to we move to that. We've also gotten gone to banks, right? Because we've, you know, with good relationship with banks, of course, you may have to go recourse if you're okay with that. That's that's a risk you have to be if you want to take it or not. But that's one thing that we've also looked towards, right? And then I feel like we can we can probably get a little bit of a discount now. I think I see some sellers that are starting to realize that, you know, cap rates on four or five is not really going to work if you have a six or seven percent interest rate. So if you want to sell, if you have to sell, if you need to sell, you may need to come down a little bit in price. So if all those things kind of work in your favor, maybe the cash flow may be a little bit less. But I feel like if you can do that and hopefully refinance in a couple of years into a lower interest rate, you're in a very good spot, right? So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. We've continued to buy. I mean, we've bought like four or five deals this year, and we're looking at another larger deal right now. So there's a lot of opportunity to be had for sure. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Our last property we bought, you know, we had a fixed 6.85%, which is which is really high, but there's no prepayment fee. There was very low fees. They're easy to work with on the draw. So it just it just made a lot of sense. And like you said, we can refi in, in a couple of years if we want to. We can sell if we want to. We bought the property at a 20% discount. And that's you know, I'm happy to pay 2% more on, on debt and get a 20% discount on the purchase without having to compete with anyone. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's always opportunity in every market and, and conditions too. And I think you know, people want the, they all want a deal, but they want the perfect conditions. <laughs> yeah, no, the same thing, right? I mean, during COVID, oh my God, you know, what's going to happen? So nobody was buying. We would continue to buy. Yeah, we had to come up with a lot of reserves, but those deals are awesome because they're like three and a half percent interest rate, right? And nobody was competing. Now there's the opposite end, but the, a lot of competition has gone away as well, right? So I think there's going to be some shifts. But as long as you can stay in there and, and keep buying and, and it makes sense, I think that's the best place, best place for your money. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, inflation is, is one of the hot, hottest topics for months now. You know, how does it play a role in your deals and, and the properties that you're 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 underwriting? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, I mean, we're just, you know, we bought a deal in September of 21, 186 units that we've literally gone through 95% of them to renovate it. And the budget that we put together, you know, a year and a half ago <laughs> was a little slim compared to realities. I think the, the real challenge that we faced there was just tremendously long lead time on appliances, countertops and other things. And also getting labor an issue was a huge challenge. Luckily, to the ingenuity of our season bar partner, to her at GC, she was able to pull together some really strong teams and really just start maybe scaling back and said, okay, this was the initial initial budget, which included maybe new cabinets. Well, unfortunately, for the same money, maybe we can't get cabinets. Maybe we have to paint them. Maybe we have to paint the countertops. So basically, instead of blowing out the budget, scaling down the, the work. And then we feel like, you know, a refinished cabinet door still going to get the same rent as a brand new one. Right? We're not doing class A. So we just scale back a little bit to stay within the budget has been has been our thing. So we have just, so it, we struggled to build a team out the, the right contractors early in the year that has now worked. So we have that, but we really have to be very intentional around ordering stuff, you know, <laughs> 60 days before we need it and, and just managing, managing the cost, right? So now when we're underwriting, you know, we have to probably make, 
the rehab cost 20% higher than we were a year ago, maybe just to make be, be realistic. And, and that's been a hard thing because suddenly, you know, your capital raise has to be higher or your you got to get more money from your lender for the capex. So it, it does it does still impact the returns, right? Uh, and we also Absolutely. have to be careful. We can't just say that rents are going to continue to go up at seven or ten percent, right? That's the other thing we have to be careful about. So there's definitely some adjustments in the underwriting there, and maybe also scaling back the investors' expectations. That hey, this could be a little bit slower, it could be a little bit of a longer hold, but would you rather have have it in real estate or in the bank losing money? So. Yeah, yeah, we've we've definitely facing the same issues like like you and everyone else. You know, you've got you know you anytime you go to a store or a restaurant, they're they're understaffed, and 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 at times we're understaffed too. So it hurts the productivity of our of our properties. You know, getting vendors out. You know, they that that long lead time. You know, we we want to make sure we're we're on their their calendar much earlier. Even if we haven't hundred percent figured it out yet, let's get them booked. And get a bid, and this way, at least we're not waiting multiple months. And and things never go as fast as I'd like them to be. But you know, I'm learning to push and be patient and do whatever, control what we can control. And then you know, obviously, anything we can't control, then then so be it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. What other challenges are you facing in this in this market? Maybe this is just the time of the year. It seemed like here in the last few months, actually, leasing has slowed down significantly. I don't know if because we're pushing up against a top of the market in terms of rents, or there's just you know a general people don't can't afford. You know, they maybe they they're you know doubling up with people, or they would rather go and get a unrenovated unit that's cheaper versus what we have to offer and stuff. So I feel like. Leasing has been a little bit slow here as we we're speaking at the end of 22, right? And that may be a seasonal thing or whatever, but that's one thing that's, you know, kind of we have to be be careful about. We're kind of really looking at the, you know, our, our underwriting and our projections for next year because maybe, you know, it's going to take us a little bit longer to get to that 95 plus occupancy, right? Maybe we got to scale back our our rental increases and so forth. So I think that's the other one that we've struggled with a little bit. You know, there's leasing and, and so forth. Beyond that, I think, you know, as now we have a great team in place which has helped a lot with our with our turns and with our renovations. So that's been that's been awesome. You know, I think yeah, other we, other mar- you know, markets in terms of you know taxes and insurance and all these other things that keep going up too, right? So that's definitely one of these things that we have to just adapt to the reality of what we're facing right now. We we face that same kind of wall as far as uh, leasing up. It just really slowed down. In our markets, well, I'm curious what you're doing with your renewals and your new leases. Are you are you lowering the, you know, your renewal rates and and your rental rates? You know, twenty five fifty. Are you being aggressive? Are you kind of just letting this time kind of subside? Or what, what's your strategy? Yeah, we've given the you know we've given the leasing agents some leeway there and said, okay, you know, if you if it's gonna you know if you need to. Give a fifty, hundred dollar discount. Get them in now versus waiting another month because <laughs> that money is then gone. Right? We uh, latest meeting this week. We talked about why don't we offer like a full full rent, but you get a three hundred dollar gift card to uh, Home Depot. Uh, sorry, not, I mean uh, Best Buy or something like that. Right? So you can go and buy your Christmas presents if you sign a lease in December or something like that. We're starting to add. I know a lot of people already do that, but add like internet, not as, you know, not free, but add that as part of the package. So that's, that's in there and so forth. You're just kind of finding new ways. You know, a lot of our properties are class C's that don't have a lot of amenities, but we're trying to figure out what are some ways we can entice 
people. Right? So definitely, you know, here in the middle of December, it's not the best time to lease since we're in the in the in the upper Midwest, right? But just incentives, giving the giving the leasing agent just some leeway to make the right decision to to fill the units as quickly as possible. Agreed. You know, you don't want to slide back too far. You know, you you give it a couple of weeks, you make some tweaks, and if that's not working, make some more tweaks. And you know, we we don't certainly don't want to be at one hundred percent occupied, but we also don't want to be really below ninety percent. And we've dipped on a couple and then got back up, but. You know, by doing slight tweaks and being creative too. Well, you know, maybe one thing works, maybe something else works at a different property. You've got to keep playing with it and seeing and having that constant communication with your property management team to to making sure you're being proactive and 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 not flying too far behind. Absolutely. Yep. Any other, you know, tricks of the trade that you're doing to deal with the the challenges, you know, that we're we're facing right now or un- underwriting or anything else? No, I mean, I think just setting the expectations with the property management company, with the leasing agents, with the with the general contractor. I mean, what are we trying to achieve? And also really share. I, I think sometimes, you know, you you do the underwriting, you create a business plan, and you just don't necessarily, as I see some people, they never go and share that with the property management company, with the with the GC. And they're like, well, this is what we're trying to achieve with this budget. Help us get there versus go and turn some units for us and we'll see if we can lease them up at the at the dollar amount we want, right? So really just opening up that communication with everybody that's on the team so we are all marching in the same direction, right? Because we're not an island and the more information people have, the better chance of success we have. So I think that's really just the metrics and all these things that are really important for us to, to push forward there. Absolutely. If you're, if you're going to make a bid on a property, I mean, I would advise... You get your pro forma from your property management company. You don't want to underwrite a million different things, but if you're serious about something, you know, making sure you're on the same page as your business plan. When you're in escrow, go over it again with all your vendors and making sure everything is aligned. And then when you take over, it's that constant. They're dealing with a lot of other properties. You want to make sure your guys are completely aligned on that business business plan, and it and it'll pay huge dividends. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and we definitely know we. Because in the past we've made some some mistakes around just making assumptions. Oh, it's going to be twelve grand a door to turn them based upon historical data, right? Without really having that very in depth conversation with the GC and like, where did you get that number from, right? We weren't consulted. No, it's going to be fifteen. And like, oh crap! Now we're you know undercapitalized and and so forth, right? So some of those mistakes you definitely want to. <laughs> I guess we all have to learn as we go through the process, but. This is something that we want to get even away from. And I've even contemplated going in there and getting like a professional, almost like due diligence person going to go in there and say, okay, what's the full thing? What's the full program here? I know it's going to cost money, but then, you know, instead of me kind of like making assumptions, we actually have somebody that knows what they're doing and, and, and coming up with a budget that's realistic and we can we can meet. Absolutely. Uh, highly recommend it. So Jens, what is your asset management superpower? Good, <laughs> great question, Gary. I mean, I have you know twenty seven plus years of IT experience, right? Managing IT projects and so forth. And I'm remote from all our properties, like hours of flight to get there. So I really spend a lot of time on setting metrics and managing to metrics, essentially, or or you know scorecards. I mean, you see the US book behind me. I think the biggest takeaway there is like, what are the things that you're measuring, right? Making sure every single week we look at that and we manage that against that budget. So creating systems, 
you know, managing the the budgets, managing the the, the scorecards and all those things. That's really what I'm good at. Holding people accountable to it, right? So we have our Asana and we got our, you know, Slack channels and everything else. So putting systems in place, that's probably my <laughs> my superpower. I love it. I love it. Well, Jens, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your expertise on the challenges we're facing in today's market. Can you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company? Absolutely. So my website is opendoors with an S, opendoorscapital.com. My email is jens, J-E-N-S, at opendoorscapital.com. And if anybody wants to jump on a free call with me, they go to opendoorscapital.com slash call, and they can anybody can book a 20-minute call to talk about asset management or coaching, whatever they're interested in. Perfect. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. Thanks, Jens. Thank you. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.